Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. When I was growing up, I struggled to lose a lot of weight. But hey, my story was different because I did live on McDonald's and I did have a lot of pizzas. But most people that I see these days don't. I see long lines in front of salad bars and the cold-pressed juiceries. And the treadmills and the elliptical machines at the gym are always full of people. So why is it that weight loss is such a big challenge? Maybe it's about time that you rethink the advice that you got from your best friend or personal trainer who asked you to run until you might have to go to the doctor for a knee replacement or eat lower calories until you get brain fog and probably lose your fertility. And that, ladies and gentlemen, isn't a good way to go. So on this show, you know that I bring you experts from all around the world that teach you how to biohack your life. And today, I have someone special on the show. Today on the show, I have an empowerment expert and a body coach. She's developed online wellness programs. She's spoken at events. She's written recipe books. And she has developed a fantastic system that we're going to talk about. She has industry experience for over 27 years. Naomi Gillsby, welcome to the show. Hi. How's it going? Fabulous, fabulous here in Oz. Hello to Australia. She's joining us all the way from Australia, guys. And Naomi, tell me, why decide to be an empowerment and a women's coach? I tell you, that is an absolutely awesome question. I was in the industry for such a long time. I got so over the industry itself, things not working doing exactly as I was trained to do, and people not succeeding. So there was always these glitches in the system, these missing links. So it came down to the fact that you could correct someone's biology, but if you don't correct their mind, there goes the biology. You Mm -hmm. could correct someone's mind and not correct the biology, and they're going to go back to where they started again. So it was always this vicious cycle of not having enough time with people not getting the results I wanted with just doing what I'm supposed to do in my realm. I had to make myself bigger, learn more things, and step out of the box. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. Okay, and you've come very far from that point. Now, you want people to stop quote-unquote dieting for good. But then, if people stop dieting, people will have less Instagram posts all over the world and maybe less friends because, you know, it's estimated that we try out different types of diets every year and different, if it's not a type of diet, it's a branch of diet. And we usually identify ourselves as being carnivore or keto or paleo or vegan. And then we go out with the people with the same kind of like diet or mindset approach. Um, We either connect with them online or offline. And most people's Instagram posts are about food. Do you really want Instagram to suffer? (laughs) Oh, I'm so sorry, Instagram. But you know, the greatest thing is you can still Mm -hmm. take a million food photos Mm -hmm. because food is all those things, right? So people can go on all these diets, but 
The long-term weight loss isn't where the diet is, as we all know. And getting great results in the long term for life and for your mindset and your ability to not have food issues is not with diets, especially starving and overtraining yourself. So the great thing is if you eat well, if you understand your biology, your DNA, you know, your genetic makeup, your triggers, you can still take all those beautiful, sexy food photos Mm -hmm. because you'll still be eating amazing food. You literally don't have to miss out on anything. You just have to be mindful eating and eat with intent. There's a big difference with just eating and putting things in with eating for nutritional sake. So lots of people eat just for nutrition and uh, some people just eat just for happiness and some people eat because of emotional state. So if as humans we really have to understand the reasons we eat personally, what our belief systems are about food, and what that means in the long term is we can control our weight by controlling our mindset and understanding ourselves emotionally more and connecting with ourselves. And we can take 5 million food photos, even if it's a big, big Mac, we can put mm-hmm. it up there still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that, that answers my question. It's surprising that, you know, did you know that, you know, people who were, who consume like content about food and stuff, like people on an average would consume four times more content about food. Uh, people who were like into the diets and who are looking out for food, like check Instagram 18 times a day. And the stats that I was looking at in 2019, there were like 250 million posts about food per month. Yeah. Can you imagine I would... that? I would never imagine something like that. It is shocking to me, honestly. I think the thing, CJ, is because we're, food is so many things to so many people. Food is love. Mm-hmm. I express my love with cooking. Mm-hmm. I love being in my kitchen and making healthy food, treats, whatever it is. So different, and it makes sense that there's that many posts because lots of times we don't want to show our real life when it comes to mm-hmm. Instagram. We don't, want mm-hmm. to see the, we don't want to see any bad bits. We just want to see the good bits. And food, when you think about it, um, in the order of things on Instagram and Facebook, it's almost like a filler. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah, it's a filler. It does. It's, it's less exposing than, you know, you as a human exposing yourself emotionally. You'll just take that food photo. Look, I'm having a great time I'm at dinner. Look at this amazing food. When you're mm-hmm. really sitting at the table going, oh, my God, I've got to count the calories, the macros. Should I be yeah. eating this? What am I going to eat when I go out? I don't even know anymore because I'm on this stupid diet again. But it's How many okay. calories have to burn? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to starve myself tomorrow, but it's okay. I'm starting a new fad diet on Monday. So I'm going to binge all weekend because I'm so stressed out, but it's mm-hmm. okay. My new diet starts on Monday. I right? completely agree with you. Food is so <laughs> much more. It's, it's about culture. It's about tradition. It's about, like, getting people together. Like, they're just, it means so much in different parts of the world. Now, Naomi, you created a system. And I love the like the term for it, ladies and gentlemen. It is called the badass beat the bulge system, and you created this uh, system using something called as the meta phase method. Now, normally, whenever I hear the term meta, I get excited because seven <laughs> times out of ten, the conversation goes to quantum science and atoms and protons and the energy field, and I found your method to be quite interesting because you've used like dietics you've used biological balance you've used food psychology 
And the best of it all is like no exercise plans. And that got my attention at first. Now, I mentioned a lot of words like biological balance, food, psychology, dietetics. Can you define those for us? Like what and tell us what the badass system is? Love the word again. It's bad. Well, it's made for badasses. It's made for those people that just had enough. They've tried everything. They live on the roundabout, that little merry-go-round of weight loss, uh, you know, training one and a half, two hours a day, not looking any different, in fact, getting bigger. Uh, their biggest stress is their weight and, and therefore their, you know, well-being, their body image, their self-esteem, how they perceive themselves even in the bedroom sexually gets affected just with food and the size, you know, the human that you are. So we worked out with the metaphase, metaphase method, lots of research, lots and lots of research. And I mm. found with research, with lots of um, clinical trials that have been re- released, lots of articles and papers, yes, they come out with this profound, you know, this profound knowledge that they share with the world. But the problem I find is none of it is actually glued together to find the answer or to make it easier or where you're not pigeonholed or walking down that white line of just one food plan. So what we did is we combined many different styles of eating. It revolves around volume, type and timing. Specific macros, obviously, obviously, and calories. It's all done for you. You literally don't have to think. But the food plans rotate every fortnight to every week. It also includes detoxing your body with the metaphase method. So that cyclic eating enables your body to not get used to. So your body's sort of like Pavlov's dog. So it becomes accustomed because we're such adaptogenic organisms. By the time we get through one month of food and it's all the same food, same type, same timing, mm-hmm. that being accustomed to that food type stops and or slows down that metabolism. It makes your body less efficient because it's become accustomed to that caloric load, mac- macros and timing, etc. So what we've done is we just shake up the metabolism. We utilise different food plans, volume type and type- timing, and we keep changing around to kick the metabolism in the butt. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the other thing we do is we do bring in that um, psychology of food. We do bring a connection with yourself. And one of the biggest things we've also found is connection with others. If people can be, you know, the face and have this mask, but are they really connected with themselves or others? And this is where they get addicted to food or connected with food and be so ridiculously tight with it that it almost becomes an addiction because you can be addicted, right, to bad food. But the other problem is, and it's in this day and age, people are actually addicted to good food. So they become so structured and so almost religious about it, they miss out on life. They miss out observing what's going on with them spiritually, emotionally and mentally, and they just get stuck in the loop, and it's quite sad. And sometimes people just go, but I'm really healthy. But when you observe them, are they really healthy? Because health isn't just what you put in your mouth. Health is about how you feel, your perception of things, understanding your actions and your belief systems around food. Are you a binge eater? Do you eat when you're stressed? Do you eat when you're happy? Do you eat as a reward? Understanding all those things can create freedom from food without the restrictions, without feeling like you're bound to something that you can't get away from and, oh, well, that one didn't work. I'm going to try this one next week or at the end of the month. 
or this new thing, this new plan came on. I'm going to buy that one and see what that one's like. People have on average with my client base up to eight different food plans that they've bought online and they've tried on all of them and none of them have worked. So once we understand that neurobiology, you know, in your own mind, biochemically, once you understand your DNA, some people are have a genetic taste. They have the FTO gene with the double allele, double SNP, and they've got that, you know, 70% percentile of being obese or overweight. So within that DNA as well, you're either a snacker, not a snacker. You're hungry, you're not hungry, you eat more, you eat less. That's in your DNA. So understanding from the ground level of your DNA, your conditioning in life and your responses to food and the things that you've learned about food on your own, if you unravel that, clear it, and connect with yourself, it's amazing how much food you can eat and how much you can love food again and how much you're not bound but you're free from damn food, right? I know, right? It just <laughs> frees you up mentally for so many, um, like, I think people spend about 20 to 30 or th upwards of 30% of their time thinking about what their next meal is going to be like. And all those things that relate to food, like is it going to be enough calories? Is it going to be um, is it going to be healthy? Is it not going to be healthy? Is it going to be tasty? It is not going to be tasty. And all that uses electrons in the brain. And yep. the moment you rid yourself of that, you have this free surge of energy, which also empowers you in a way to like you know go live your best life, um, be better at work, be better at being a parent, be you know just show up better in life. So completely agree with that. Food in our day and age consumes a lot of our energy load and that energy could be partitioned well to other things now every time i um talk to people and people ask me like for some advice or tips um i see people do completely opposite of what is real because most of the time the fitness industry or you know the google search or something like that um doesn't give them the complete picture and, um, you know, you've mentioned this on in your work and I'm glad you did. But then I have people asking me that, you know, I'll give you a few questions like, hey, CJ, I've been only eating like spinach and kale, like, you know, for the last month or something, <laughs> something around like that time. And this is and I'm like, why are you doing that? It's like because I have to get in a lower caloric load and that's how the caloric deficit will help me lose weight. And okay. because Google search says that calories are the most important things in your life. What do you tell a person like that? Stop. Just stop. Right. <laughs> so it comes in. Right? Stop. Stop doing that right now. Yeah. Go and eat a burger. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I've had a burger would probably, you know, carb load for that day. They probably need it. I mean, so if you have like you... a lettuce wrap or your grass fed meat, uh, burger, you, can, you can go with the burger as well. Go for it. Right. So this whole calories in, calories out is so um, old wisdom. It's old news. Mm -hmm. uh, science has passed it. Um, research has passed that as a fact. Yes, it's a very basic fact. It makes logical sense. If you're going to go and eat five pizzas and uh, three Big Macs per day, you're going to have a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not just with your weight. It's obviously with your health. God. But the whole calories in, calories out thing and going into calorie deficit. When we think about that and a stress on the body, producing inflammation, affecting how our neurobiology works and reacts with food from that point forward, 
Uh, if we have that chronic low-grade stress with starving and resetting our metabolism to become a slow burner, the other thing is in your DNA, some people just cannot do that. They are, you know, carb humans and they need high calorie loads and high carb loads to function or they get, you know, secondary disorders, brain fog, bad decision making. They can even have really extreme stuff like balance disorders, fertility issues, that sort of stuff. But when it comes down to that whole calories in, calories out, one, it's wrong because we're all different. Mm -hmm. Two, it comes down to your DNA. Three, it comes down to your energy output and what you do in the day. Four, it comes to down to any autoimmune dysfunction and pro-inflammatory disorders in your body or secondary disease, diseases like thyroid issues that naturally slow down your metabolism. We have to look at the body like a furnace. You have to feed the furnace to keep the fire going. And as soon as we shut down and we, we don't keep putting coals in there, then the furnace goes out. And that's where people, from the first time they've gone into that starvation mode with really low calories, it's actually from that instance that they've reached or they've started to produce what we call a set point. It's the point that your body feels the safest at, the most natural at, and when you lose your weight, that's where your body will go back to in a really short period of time. So that whole calories in, calories out isn't okay. We all need to understand our body types, our genomes, our DNA, our caloric load, our basal metabolic rate, very simple things that can be investigated or found out from health practitioners or even getting certain body scans done, you can get that information. So it's really important to understand that calories in, calories out is not the be-all, end-all. Yes, it does make sense to a degree, but there are so many elements beyond that that affect you as a human that can make you a success or a failure. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I call it the invisible factors that surround yes. our health and biology. Because most of the yeah. times you can look at a food and be like, yeah, it's tangible and it's visible. And um, that is all that matters to you when you go get on a treadmill or you exercise. Those That hard work is somewhat tangible and you're like, you know what, I'm working hard so I might be healthy. But then, you know, you can yeah. get into DNA, you can uh, look into methylation pathways, you can look into yeah. um, electromagnetic fields, you can look into like these... Um, constant or like i would say chronic low-grade information that you mentioned you know switching on these um inflammatory pathways your immune health there are just so many of these things but just because we can't see them or most people can't wrap their heads around it they ignore it but i would go as far as saying that yes um it's good to exercise because we know that it also you know it, it boosts up so many genes and pathways but it's also important to just take care of your health from a holistic standpoint. And that would yeah. give you the most bang for your buck. Like if you're not sleeping right, chances are you're, you know, you're not going to lose so much weight. Because like we know that just sleeping enough, it, you know, it elevates like growth hormone. It, uh, it elevates so many other things. You know, it helps you like relax so you are not in a constant fight or flight or sympathetic nervous system activation. Yeah, yeah. so just things like that. It's like very um, important that you know, we put out that information in front of people. And normally people will come up to me and then they're like, you know, I have to lose that weight because I have to go to a wedding party. I have to go for vacation. And some of them like, you know, struggle themselves and they do lose some weight to get to that yep. point. Most of the people will go to that place and come back um, gaining even more weight because they have just overindulged themselves. But there are also yep. people who... You know, I know some 
people who are kind of serious about it. So even when they're going to that party, they're making sure they're eating less and then they are working out. But guess what? When they're when all of that thing is over, they also get that weight back. So I love the point that you mentioned about a person's set weight and how no matter what you do, if you're not like really managing that set weight right, your body naturally gravitates to get onto that um, that weight again. Yep, and that's a problem. Yeah, and then it's just like different cycles in life, right? We're like losing weight, gaining weight. And then it's easier for people to lose weight in the beginning, but then these other impacts come in like age. Um, with age, if you're not detoxing well, you have this other buildup of toxins in your cells and then they slow down the energy or the Krebs cycle and you know everything changes according to that. So I like that you've you know touched on those things. The next big thing that not many people talk about when it comes to the conventional fitness and diet industry is a conversation that you've created, which is about hormones. So you've, you know, you've obviously, you know, so much about them and you've mentioned things like DHEA, cortisol, ghrelin, leptin, and all of those things in your protocol. Can you walk the listeners through on why hormones are important and like what do like the hunger hormones or the satiety hormones and how does like different food groups um, impact them? Yeah. So with um, it, this happens to men as well. Obviously, you guys drop testosterone, mm-hmm. increase your uh, so you drop your androgens, increase yeah. your estrogen, right? Yeah. So what we do is the opposite, and we we also uh, drop our progesterone. The other problem that we have as we get older, we naturally produce more cortisol. Unfortunate, but true. Mm-hmm. It's just a part of aging, and that's fine if we understand that. So quite often, in you know, from thirty five above we are a bit less carefree and we do have more responsibilities and we've got you know different bills to pay and we're thinking about you know children and families and all this crazy stuff that seems just like normal life but in actual fact it's quite stressful to the human body as a as a biome it stresses mm-hmm. us out so it stresses out um, our adrenal cortex our nervous system and uh, our brain biochemistry shifts all of these things have a bearing on our weight So when our hormones naturally start to shift, our gonadal hormones, at the age of 35, 36, that's when we notice in women and men that middle age spread. Mm -hmm. That, they say, is age. But if we have a stressful life on top of that, we're going to have a bigger middle age spread. We get that prednisolone steel with that cortisol and that just shifts all our hormones to not being okay, to decreasing our metabolism. That in turn affects our thyroid, slows down it fun- its function, there goes our metabolism. And when we're, when we're our body, not just our mind or our spirit, is under chronic long-term stress, we naturally shift our neurobiology. So therefore we're shifting the things that make us hungry, that make us full, that make us not snack as much, and that mm-hmm. switch off and where we have more control of volume of food and, and more control of when to know when to stop eating it. So with that ghrelin and leptin shift, because of stress responses, lack of sleep, lack of ability to absorb nutrients or not eating the right food, there's a genetic component that's a given. But once we blow those things out of the water, we naturally eat more. We naturally put weight on. 
we can't stop eating, then we feel guilty. So what happens next? Well, the next thing that gets affected is your neurobiology. So with that whole factor of eating too much food, feeling like you're bigger, your hormones are out of control, you can't sleep right, you feel like you're putting on weight on the midriff, you feel like you're getting old, you're naturally going to increase neuroexcitatory, your stress hormones, uh, stress neurotransmitters, and you're going to naturally drop your neuroinhibitory, the good guys, like GABA. You're going to affect your serotonin. You're going to affect your dopamine. So once you affect those guys, one, if you're a binge eater or like eating, you know, when you're sad or angry Mm -hmm. or frustrated or guilty, you're going to eat more. But the secondary thing is with our neurobiology, under chronic low-grade stress or biological changes that create stress, you affect that dopamine. So there's that little reward center. And that's aside from the ghrelin and the leptin that make Mm -hmm. us eat more and don't tell us we're full. This little reward center is going to be like, hey, you need that Big Mac. Keep eating all the lemon tart. Have some profiteroles. It's fine. Eat the rest of the chips on the plate. Even though you're full, you know you want them. You deserve it. And that's where that little old dopamine creeps up and everything gets blown out of the water. People do it often. I go Mm -hmm. on a diet. I can't control myself. I have this physical urge and it's a physical urge they have to fight like it's an addiction, like it's a drug, like it's alcohol addiction. It's not any different with food. So once those start to get corrupted and not do those job their job right, once those pathways and messages don't get sent, then we have really big issues. And this is the problem with hormones. People believe hormones, we just go testosterone, estrogen, DHEA, progesterone. Woohoo! But that's not just hormones. We're talking thyroid hormones. We're talking about 80% of the function in the human body is hormone dependent. The emotions you feel and what you express to other humans, the human that you are, is hormone reliant. And if our hormones aren't okay and balanced, we're not okay and balanced. And it's quite evident in the world as it stands. It's like, oh, it's just my hormones. Well, that means you're not okay. How do you fix that? And what are they going to do about that? And you can control it with food, as you know, how dependent hormones are on specific nutrient types. And that's all well and good, but we have age. It's natural. People fight that. They don't like getting old. People have stress. They don't acknowledge it. That makes them put on weight. So it's this whole component of like everything is everything because if it, everything is everything, then we have nothing. And that's an issue, especially when it comes to weight. Mm-hmm. I really like that you mentioned about the emotional factor of it because most of the times, um, you know, if you aren't getting therapy or you don't have someone to confide in, then chances are many people are suppressing their emotions. And what happens is, People just think that, you know what, I'm just going to keep it to myself and keep it to myself. And it's like a glass of water. And I would say it's like a glass of water. So every time you fill that glass up, there comes a point where, you know, the water overflows. And when this overflows translated into your body, then you have all these hormonal issues because we know that, you know, we've seen evidence. um, Western science is just coming up to it right now. But we have evidence in ancestral uh, sciences, like, you know, you can take about the 
5,000 year old Indian Ayurvedic system, or you can take the traditional Chinese medicine system that also tells us that if you have like an organ failure or you have an organ dysfunctioning, every organ in the Chinese traditional Chinese medicine is connected to a certain kind of emotion. So, you know, fear, anger, jealousy, um, rage, you'd have, uh, you know, the emotions of not being good enough. Just by having that and repeating, and we know, like you mentioned from neurobiology, that neurons that wire together, fire together. So every time you go into this repetitive thought process of saying, oh, you know what, I'm not good enough, or you know what, um, that's okay, I'm going to eat it now, and then I won't eat it later. You're strengthening the neurocircuitry. And every time that neurocircuitry becomes strengthened, it's much easier for your brain to tap into that pathway. And this is why addictions also, I mean, you know, you can get addicted to your thoughts. You can get addicted to that um, fight or flight response. And I love that you mentioned about these neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, and others. And I think one of the things that we are facing highly as a society right now, even apart from food, is that our dopaminergistic energy system is being hijacked. So what do I mean by hijacked? It means that people who are, um, you know, we mentioned social media earlier. Every time you go onto social media, you get a like, you share something, you know, someone comments on you. That actually enhances your dopamine response. And then, you know, you're all, you want to be out all the time and you don't want to spend time by yourself. So you're always being stimulated by people, places, you know, events. And then, you know, you take all of those things out of a person's life. And suddenly it becomes boring. People start feeling lonely. And, you know, then we have the onset of depression and all of these other things that are going on in the world right now. And it all happens because evolutionary, like evolutionary science have shown us this, that, you know, we're not meant to be stimulated all the time by the news, by social media, by like going out. I mean, I... I'm not saying that going out and being with people is a bad thing because I think one of the biggest anti-aging hacks that you can do apart from figuring out your genetics is like being a part of a community. So talking to people, getting onto the dinner table together, you know, doing something for a cause that elevates your, you know, it just downregulates inflammation. It upregulates all these anti-aging pathways in the body. But then if you overdo it and you don't have the time to spend with yourself, that creates another, you know, that creates your body so accustomed to this high level of dopamine circulating that now, you know, looking at the trees isn't going to give you any, it doesn't give you happiness. Uh, having a hundred comments doesn't give you any happiness because you're always shooting for 200. So in your, in your life, in your practice, and like all the things that you've come across, have you figured out a way to kind of reset dopamine? Like, is it through a dopamine fast? Like I used to go on a dopamine fast where I would not see the TV and I would not see Instagram, like, you know, a social media fast rather, where for one or two days, I'd just get, um, leave everything. And then suddenly you start, you know, interacting with the environment around you. And then, you know, you go for a walk and you're like, wow, that flower looks so nice. So have you figured out something like that? I get my people to often, like, I shut them down. They've got a very, uh, they've got a regime that they follow at night in reference to their sleep. So we get uh, the correct sleep, get the correct sleep cycles. So their body slows down, shuts down, and that includes shutting down from electrics, obviously. 
But the other thing that we do is um, rather than looking externally for hits, right? So rather than looking for a hit externally, it's about going internally. So it's about understanding what upregulates your stress, right? What makes you go in even a chronic low-grade stress that you don't even realise there because it's just part of your life. We get them to reconnect with themselves. We get them to go on simple things like gratitude walks. So they go outside, no electrics, and they do their mantras, simple things, just simple things that bring you back down to earth and create gratitude. So just being mindful and looking out. And it is simple things, like you were saying, like it is simple things like not even we don't have to go and hug trees, but we should really notice them more. We should Mm -hmm. notice the flowers instead of stepping over them. We should notice different birds where we live. We should just check out what the clouds look like today. So just down-regulating that that high cortisol response just by appreciating and having gratitude and being mindful with intent on your walk is a really good way to get hits that aren't from an external source. It's where we're internalising the hits that you become proud of yourself, where you look at your scripting, you pull it apart, and you start being kind to yourself. So that, so that those hits from the external sources to your dopamine receptor aren't going to be so hardcore if you know you're awesome, if you know you're a good person, you're kind and you're generous and that you're loved and you have a place in the world that has meaning. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, so that does. The, that's what we do with badass to start to shift people's internal scripting that starts to naturally uh, increase their um, neurobiology to make it more positive rather than that stress response negative. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah. That's brilliant. I also, when you spoke about gratitude walk, um, one of the things that I sometimes do and I always recommend people to do is that if they're feeling upset or sad or you know things aren't looking the best way and um, you could do this when you go for a walk or even if you're like in the mall, or you know, at any busy place, um, you can play like set a timer on your phone and play the gratitude game. So the way I, um, I mean, there might be different versions of it, but the one that works for me the best is that so you put a timer on your phone for five minutes, and no matter where you are, you look at something and then you think of a reason to be grateful for it. So perfect example, you look at you get into the mall and you see an escalator, and then you see you thank. Um, you know, all the people who've done the hard work. So like older people can easily climb from one floor to the other. You don't have to pick up, you know, heavy loads and like take the stairs. And then you, you say your gratitude for one thing. And then you look at the lights and then you feel grateful that, you know, with the lights, we're able to see in the dark. And like now we can light our environments. We can have all these social uh, gatherings in the dark. And then you look at something else. You look at your phone maybe. And then you'd be like, the phone, I'm so grateful for my phone because this allows me to communicate with the outside world and I can always be reached. And if, if every time I'm not safe or I'm scared or whatever, I can reach out to a friend. And then you keep on building from it. And very soon you realize that the five minutes seems like a minute or like 30 seconds. And once you get out of this, you're just like your emotion, your emotional stability is so high at that point because you know you just realize everything in your current environment that is great and yeah that's a, that's a good hack for anyone who wants to use it i go every day on a walk with my um, dog first thing in the morning 
And um, before I used to listen to like some mantras and music and things like that. But now what I've I do is like I just don't take any electronics with me. And then I'm walking with him and I'm just I've started to notice things around. I see the color of the leaves. I see how strong the sun is. I hear the birds chirping. And that by itself grounds me into that present moment that you were talking about. So I'm so happy that you shared this with everyone because I think, you know, you can you can look at these um pharmaceuticals can that can upregulate dopamine and things like that. But then if you could just do this one simple thing and it's for free and it's accessible everywhere in the world, things will start changing. That's and, right, CJ. And you know, when I was going through your program, the the badass program, you've also have you mentioned you were you like cooking and you have these recipes which are specific to that program. And then you have divided that recipe uh, books into phases. So you mentioned before, the one is phase one might be detox and transformation. Phase two is uh, burning it up. And phase three is a metabolic shake. So can you walk us over like what each phase? Um, I mean, it's pretty evident from the name, but like, is there some things uh, that the learners or the listeners can learn from this? The, the greatest thing you can do for your body is to basically well, be a badass and shake stuff up. So your body and you don't get bored. You don't get accustomed to things. You don't have leftovers. That's another one. <laughs> you go shopping, you get your food prep done. So what we do in the different phases. So, for instance, phase one, what we've done, we've just um, worked out specific macros in phase one. And what, and what we've done is given you three main meals and two snacks mm -hmm. there's uh up to seven days of that where you do a pure juice um or a juice and uh fruit juice and soup detox or you have uh white fish and vegetables and some juice or soups so in that seven days that's where you're just doing a clean out and it's just an express detox you're not taking supplements Mm -hmm. Then for the rest of the time in phase one, you're getting your body, and I call it food training. I get people into food training. It's where they're starting to remember, to learn, to food prep, to cook in advance, to freeze if you have to. Not very often, but if you mm -hmm. have to because you're busy, that's fine. But getting into um, a regular eating cycle. Most people forget to eat, maybe eat twice a day, skip breakfast, don't snack, and it naturally decreases their metabolism. So phase one, we actually get them to have higher volumes of food mm -hmm. over five times in the day. The second phase is where we actually get them onto different macros again. And in this phase, they're only eating three times a day. And in this phase, they're having bigger caloric loads per meal. The next phase, phase three, that's where we put people on into an intermittent fasting Phase, but very specific macros and in that phase they're having two meals one snack or two meals two snacks if they're hungry then we have another phase and it's called the set point shifter phase and it's where if you find as your body starts to lose weight and your metabolism starts to work for you not against you your hormones start to re-regulate and work for you not against you the last thing that we want is your body to start backtracking and get stuck on a point. So I have a set point shifter phase as the fourth phase. 
that if people are stuck on a set on a on a point, we pop them on this specific phase and they shift through the set point. Their body weight decreases. We create a new set point that is lower, and then we take it from there. Then what we do is we cycle back to phase one, detox, and we keep going. So we keep shocking the metabolism. We keep correcting hormones. We keep stabilizing ghrelin and leptin and balancing dopamine and making sure throughout that that they understand biology, they get functional med medicine testing done or whatever they need that's destined for them so that they get the results in the long term, their weight stays off, and they have a different set point that is now not high but low. That's brilliant. Uh, while you were walking me through this, I'm just like trying to get my head around it and imagine, and I can see <laughs> how you're going with this. And with every time, you know, you're cycling through different things and, you know, your body is in a constant state of like, like you said, the adaptogenic response. And yeah. every time that happens, your body is kind of like struggling back to get that homeostasis. But then after cycling with these three um, or like, let's say four with the phase shift um, cycle, your body already knows that it wants to be at that point. And then you recycle it back. And this is where I see most of the diets go wrong because they're yes. always, uh, it's not cyclical. It's always like, oh, get from one point to the other point and you're done and that's it. Like close the PDF, like just go on with <laughs> your life. But I yeah. like the fact that you've incorporated, um, you know, the cyclical approach because with everything in, when you look at, uh, you know, let's talk about metaphysics and energy and everything like that, everything in life happens in a cycle, right? Exactly. You're, it's day and night, yin and yang, you know, sun and moon, everything happens in a cycle. And then the more you adhere to that natural rules of nature, things will start uh, in your biology also things start shifting so thanks for you know wrapping your head around it because i haven't seen many people or many approaches that take um take this and again one of the other things that you mentioned was functional testing which i also yeah. advocate for yeah. because you know your mind plays a bigger role in all of these processes and you might just feel like you know you're you know, there's a willpower and then there's mo motivation, which is intrinsic, extrinsic motivation. And then there's discipline. But then when you combine all of these things together, your mind might be not giving you the right picture. And you have to get that right picture from either getting like a genetic testing done or like looking for your thyroid status or, you know, just looking at uh, other factors like methylation and things like that. So I love that you're going into that realm of things, which is unexplored or not many people are talking about. What's your take on exercise? I love exercise. Don't get me wrong, CJ, but there's exercise, like basically, what's the saying? Different horses for different courses. So mm -hmm. genetically, uh, we're set, we're almost branded for a specific type of exercise in our DNA, and it's quite evident. So when you get your genomic testing done, it gives you very specifics as to what type of exercise you should do what type of muscle fibers you have, your potential for injury, how you need to recover, cover, even to the point with DNA testing, whether you should stretch more than other humans. So exercise type comes down to your DNA. The thing that I don't love people doing with exercise and trying to lose weight is doing exercise they don't love. Don't do it. If you don't love it, don't do it. Why? You won't keep doing it. 
People need to find something. They could be jumping around in the lounge room with a hairbrush. They could be doing Zumba. They could be going salsa classes. They could just run around their house 50 times. Whatever the thing is as exercise that makes them happy, great. If you can investigate that more so you truly understand what exercise is best for you, even better. And that's where that DNA profiling comes in specifically to get the results that, you know, that you want from your food plan, the results that you that you're working so hard for. If you're doing the wrong type of exercise or doing it for too long, then you will not get the results that you're looking for. That's an absolute given. And quite often we're told just work harder. Like I have so many patients that go to the doctors and they're just told eat less and train harder. Well, these people are already training for an hour and a half today a day and lifting heavy weight. The problem is one, they may be training too long, or two, they've got a body type that's made to do HIT because of their muscle twitch fibers, because of their muscle typing, and because of their genetic metabolism and their that FTO gene. So mm. it's so important to look at exercise, but combine it with functional testing and your spirit, what you love. People need to do what they love and not see exercise as a chore, but a pleasure. People can exercise every day. It's super if they do. I would love that. Some people hate it. They don't do it. So how do we work around that? So that's the reason we've done badass for those people. But we've also done badass for people that are full on exercise lovers and gym junkies, but just weren't getting the results. So exercise is brilliant. Like you and I, CJ, could sit here honestly for an hour and talk about the benefits of exercise they're um we have we don't even know them all yet mm -hmm. so exercise is super duper important but it's about finding the one that you love that matches you genetically and the one that you're going to keep doing mm -hmm. two things that i can think about when uh you were saying this was that okay if you wanted to go in the whole biohacking room then you can get a genetic testing done and get some functional tests and you can figure it out, you know, you have type 1 muscle fibers, type 2A, type 2B, you know, what's your actin and myostatin status, all of those things. And that will give you a better idea. But most of the people won't do it because, A, it might be expensive. It might not be in their country. And, um, you know, it's just a hassle. What is the other thing that I love? And I think that fundamentally, all humans are more lazy than active at every point of time, our biology, the evolution has shaped us in a way to store a lot of energy. It comes from, you know, when you look at cellular biology and like you see the mitochondria and how it works, it's designed to store energy and use it for a time that might actually need it. But with the advent of everything becoming so easy and convenient and things like that around the world, we don't require like so much amount of energy. And what happens is when you ask a person, like an average person, because the guys, I love going to the gym and I love working out and things like that. But the average person who loves doing all of that, again, their motivation factors are different. And there's often some things that have been done in their life earlier. Like for me, it was because, you know, I got bullied in school and I had like this um, obesity pattern and things like that. And I thought I wasn't good enough. So I had to exercise and I had to get big and I had to show off in front of the world. And you know, it, it 
it started off like that. Now I've started to love it, but there is always something in the back which we're you know overcompensating for. But the average person is not like that. So if you ask the average person, hey, um, there's this cool show on Netflix, and like, do you want to watch it or do you want to like go and run outside? Nine times out of ten, people will choose Netflix, and that is because we are designed to store that energy. But saying all of that, do I say that you know people are not going to exercise? No, but it gets back to your point of doing something that you really love. Because if you can find something like, you know, people, um, people are doing CrossFit and they hate it. Like, I have people who keep telling me that, you know, I have to go to the gym and, you know, it's just <laughs> like that and I don't want to do it. But that same subset of people, if you ask them to do like some kind of a martial art training or you ask them to, you know, go on a hike or you ask them to do something that puts their mind in a state of flow, mind and body, I would say, in a state of flow where they lose the, you know, like they lose the concept of time because they're loving the dance or they're loving walking or they're just cycling throughout the city to see new things. That is also a type of exercise. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, you can go the biohacking way or you can just ask yourself, what makes time disappear for me? What makes me get into a flow state where I'm so present in the moment that I forget about everything else. So anyone who's listening to this, the concept of a traditional gym did not even exist like a couple of hundred years ago. But it is evident that if you want to enhance your health, wellness, biology, and if you want to live for a long time, which I'm a fan of, longevity, you can see people around the world, there are geographical areas around the world, which are called the blue zones. And what are blue zones? These are areas where people are living healthier and longer than everyone else. And when you go to the blue zones, like it could be Sardinia, it could be Loma Linda in US, there are so many Okinawa in Japan, you will see that 99% or maybe 99.9% of the people who are living for such a long time, they aren't going to a formal gym. But what they are doing is that they're holding someone's hand, maybe even when they're 80, and taking a walk. They're cycling with their friends. They're doing, and this is the lowest hanging fruit. So in exercise physiology, we have something called as NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is basically you walk into the grocery store and you parking your car like, you know, a few um, few lanes behind or like a few meters behind the the mall and taking a walk in sunshine or, you know, walking your dog. And this is what's going to make the most amount of uh, change because we know from research that going and doing a CrossFit workout for an hour a day and killing yourself and then sitting on your ass for like the rest of the day is not going to help you out. It just doesn't work. Your metabolism doesn't work that way. But if you find reasons to do something like, you know, take a coffee with a friend and like walk around and like go watch the sunset and things like that, that will affect your biology more. So exercise is great, but don't limit yourself to going to the gym and doing something which is the society has, um, I would not even say the society, which marketing has shown you because you see the best looking people and they're going to the gym. Yeah, but they're doing a lot of other things that you're probably not going to do, but look at people who are really healthy and look at people who've really like, you know, who are more natural and, you know, take that way. Now, um, thanks for mentioning all of that. You also, 
have you're also a part of abundance health and yeah. now one of the things that i you know there are so many supplement manufacturers around the world so many some are great and i really respect the research and the work that they've done and then there are some who are probably not i mean i'm not so convinced so when it comes to choosing a company that you can trust into there are other things that you know companies have advertised like being certified organic and you know using the using science based evidence and things like that how much does that matter when you're choosing a person or a company or a group of values to trust i think actually cj because we started our nutraceuticals company i think it's actually everything having that component that there's something behind the company that there's an intent a belief system something that it's not just about selling a product it's actually about selling a lifestyle that has a positive benefit to not just that person but to everyone around them their families the people they love the most you know and having an ethical product that does something that's not just a bag of stuff it's the same as everyone else's stuff with a really big markup when it's really not worth that much so when it comes to quality of product I'm a real stickler for that and I always have been ever since I started my career. I'm very um pedantic about the companies that I utilize for my patients and get and script them, you know, give, get their medicine for. I'm very pedantic about that. It has to be an ethically based company, it has to give back, but it has to have great ingredients and of course perfect science because science is magic. Science can change humans' lives. you know if we can get that right in something that has an ethical and sustainable basis that has an influence on mindfulness and people's spirit and their mindset i think mm-hmm. it's magic i think that's a magic ingredient right there brilliant and uh, i completely agree uh, research on the company that you're um, buying from research on you know if they have any csr practices research on their content to see where they're getting their information from and what they stand up for because um selling is a great thing but like selling without a purpose can sometimes um distract you from the route that you're taking which is yeah. when it comes to pharmaceutical when it comes to nutraceuticals or when it comes to health the end goal should be to look after a community or a group of people who want to be better than what they are at this point so bang on yeah. i love i love what you said and um are there you know this year or last year are there any new biohacks or any things that you've been including in your life like that have uh, really yeah. pushed the bar a little bit it could be certain supplements it could be yeah. it could be like an approach to different things i just want to know what is something new that's come up in your life that you're sticking on to now i have uh i've just started um immersion therapy so doing cold getting into really really freezing cold water where mm-hmm. you where you swear to god you're about to go into hypothermia mm-hmm. to challenge your mind and your body at the same time mm-hmm. um i went out with some friends the other day into the ocean and it was quite choppy and there was a, it was just rips everywhere it was an absolute mess mm-hmm. and it was a challenge just to get out there let alone come back in in absolutely freezing water to challenge my body but to mm-hmm. challenge my mind i can keep going i've got this focus on the cold focus on the cold so that's one little thing that i've started to do and of course i i do a lot of um in the last year with covid 
getting back into boxing and hit my favorite my favorite nice. things, boxing and hit i love it but the thing that i've uh done recently is really gotten into as as you know cj's our protein supplements so i've mm -hmm. i've had protein supplements my entire life so ever since i was about 17 i started taking proteins and going to the gym and i've done fitness comps and that sort of stuff and i just found it almost a what's the word it's almost like a hollow um it's almost like a hollow business at times when you go in and just see this wall of these supplements mm -hmm. that's become so um generic and almost mm -hmm. meaningless there's no essence behind them they're just a bucket of stuff that's mm -hmm. full of stuff that's generally not to a therapeutic dose that may not be healthy for you. And I don't see the logic in taking something to be healthy that's not healthy. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So um, my biggest thing was to um, not be annoyed at them anymore, let me tell you, but to actually create one. And that's what we did, CJ. That's where we've created our protein powder that actually does something. So it feels like it is a whole product that you're saving money, not spending money, that the components in there have a biological action and the volumes of all the ingredients are to a therapeutic dose. So what we're trying to do, like, you know, that's what I've started to do, CJ, is actually basically invent something that I wanted to take mm -hmm. because it did something, because mm -hmm. I was sick of taking stuff that did nothing. There's more to life than slogging down a protein powder, crossing your fingers that it's doing something because you don't really feel much and you mm -hmm. generally don't see much. Mm -hmm. So that's why we've brought in our um, protein powder with all our vitamins, minerals, all our herbs. Uh, I put amino acids in there, digestive enzymes, probiotics, prebiotics, you name it, it's in it. And it's mm -hmm. a whole wow. product that's not super duper expensive you know what I mean? Some of the stuff yeah. I see, honestly, CJ, I'm, I'm, very, um, I'm very honest with business. So people always say in business you should be this and that and cutthroat. I'm actually have always been the opposite, and I've run businesses since I was in my uh, teen years. And being um, ethical and being on point and feeling like that you're aligned with your values and your morals, when stuff's too much or overpriced, I see it as stealing. I don't like that that's stealing, it's dishonest. Mm -hmm. So we developed our protein powder so it's an honest product. Mm -hmm. It's not overpriced. It's not taking advantage of people and what they don't know and their ignorance with flashy marketing. It's actually just staying clear, concise facts and just mm -hmm. pure science in a really cool combo. So that's actually my biohack. I know it's my thing, but the reason that I did it was because I was sick of the other stuff that did nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, as I say, the quote, necessity is the mother of all inventions. And if you look at all the greatest inventions that has come in the world, it's because a group of people or like a large population of people were just struggling to get something done. And then there comes one person into the mix and they're like, hey, you know what? We're struggling with this for the longest period of time. And we've got to do something about it. So the entrepreneurial mindset says, or even the inventor mindset says, it's not there, but doesn't matter because we'll make it. And I love that you've, you have that kind of a mentality and you're not just looking at things and saying, oh, you know what? We're not blessed to have this and we're not blessed that. 
but you're actually taking actions and you're like, what can I do right now that's going to provide the most amount of impact to others and to myself? So, you know, cheers for doing that. And with protein, it's like so funny because protein industry is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry, which eventually just started off as, you know, it's just a waste product. So, you know, for people who are listening, (laughs) uh, you know, back in the day, there were the milk industry and the cheese industry were like, um, we're just were doing all their things and then they would just find this waste product called whey, which was um which was just like this liquid on the top of like <laughs> yogurts and things like that. And they were just dumping a lot of them. And then one person comes along and says, like, hey, um, we're dumping all this all this waste product, but let's see what's inside that. And then some genius figured it out that, you know, it could be converted into something called as protein or whey protein. And um, there you go. You know, they presented it um, to the world and now it's like one of the biggest industries in the world. But what people do not understand, and I met with a friend yesterday and um, this friend of mine, he's um, quite young. So I see him more like, he sees me more like a mentor. So we catch up from time to time and I give him advices on things. And he's vegetarian. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, and he's just got so many. He's just um, struggling to, you know, put on some muscle mass and things like that. Oh. And we were on this conversation of having protein, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm having like whey protein and so much of it." But what the general public doesn't know that protein actually breaks down into something known as amino acids, and there is a specific utilization rate which you know the professionals call it amino acid utilization of how much protein or amino acid which is a building block of protein that you can absorb from let's say a steak or your um your protein powder and what is surprising and i interviewed dr minkoff from body health about this and he told me that the actual absorption rate of your regular whey protein is 13 percent so everyone who's listening, think about this for a moment. You've been spending so much of money in using, you know, just getting your standard protein. And now you're having like 25 grams of it or like 50 grams of it. Uh, let's say 25, right? And then you're only getting 20 grams of protein because then there is the sweeteners and the maltodextrin and like all those other things. But out of that 20 grams of protein, you're only absorbing 13%. My math isn't very good, but like if your math is good, do the numbers, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's, it's less. But what you've done, Naomi, is that you've added functional things to it. So we know that vegan protein powders are missing essential amino acids, like some essential amino acids. And that's why having vegan protein doesn't like completely help you out because you're missing those blocks of amino acid. But the moment you add amino acids to a vegan protein, which is separate from like the protein itself, it changes the bioavailability the absorption rate and how much you can utilize all of that and then you've added digestive enzymes you know which are these and for someone who's listening these digestive enzymes as we age our digestive enzymes go less there is a genetic component to it it's basically how well even if you're eating a lot of protein do you really know if it's digesting apart from that 13 percent then comes enzyme enzymes like trypsin pepsin all of these other enzymes that help the amino acids so even if you're eating a lot of protein and if you don't have the amino acids right uh, sorry the digestive enzymes right 
you're not going to absorb it. Then the other thing that you've mentioned is like you're adding vitamins to it because we know when a person. Time that you know they're insulin sensitive and everything that they eat can be shuttled into their cells much faster. We're using protein to kind of like regrow the muscle. Why not add some vitamins to it? Because yep. the more it works on a cellular respiration and cellular energy. So leaving the muscles apart, leaving everything else apart, you get a boost on all of these things so i mentioned you know you've uh, offline you mentioned that you've put some short chain level which a lot of people in the process like most of us are eating processed food and they don't get it so your whole approach and you know recommending it to the people in my community and now, you know, we've been talking and this interview, I could keep on talking to you for like, <laughs> not hours, but days, because, you know, we, we have the same kind of vibe and you know, everything is going good. But for the sake of time, yeah. we're having to end to today's interview. And my last question to you is, if you were put on your imagining hats for a moment, if you had a chance to get a time machine, and if you could go back time, and you could go back to a point of time, let's say maybe when we were 20 years old, 25, 30 years old, and then you could tell your younger self, maybe one, two, three, I don't know, but at least one piece of advice, which is not buying Bitcoin, but something else. Because <laughs> um, that's what all the people say. They're like, I would have bought Bitcoin. But um, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, knowing all that you know right now, things that you have learned, you know, from the people you love, from the people you have trained, the people, the science and nutrition, and even your life. So it doesn't have to be limited to, you know, uh, taking digestive enzymes or things like that, carb cycling, just generally in life. What would be that yeah. piece of advice that you would give your younger self? I'm very simple, CJ. I would actually tell my younger self, slow down, have gratitude. Look around a bit more and appreciate everything you've got. And last but not least, don't be mean to yourself. The mm. meanest person to, your, to us is actually ourselves. And I wish a long, long time ago that I learned that and I could have changed the scripting that mm. I had when I was 20 to the scripting mm. that I have now because no one is meaner to us than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I just be saying, just have, you know, shift my script and be yeah. a bit more kind to me and not don't a have the, <laughs> Yeah, don't have that self-sabotage script that most yeah. of the people are having at this point, which honestly doesn't do much. And then the older you get, you realize that, hey, um, you know what? All that thing actually slowed me down. So yeah. right on point, if um, the listeners want to find you, they want to check out your work, they want to check out that protein powder. What's yeah. the best way to get in touch with you or what's, uh, is it your website? Is it Abundance uh, Health? You can, uh, you can, if you need to speak to me, you can go to badassbeatthebulge.com and that will give you some information on our system. Our protein powder and our nutraceuticals company, we've got four products at the moment. We've got another three coming out soon. It's Opt4, wow. 
Yeah, stoked. Opt4.com.au. I like inventing things, CJ. Like it's it's the best thing. I um, <laughs> you know, when you know so much and like you're able to see through the rabbit holes of like other things and like products, I think we need more people like you in our lives that uh, you know take <laughs> that step awesome. and be like you know because you know you it's something that you love and it's something that you've learned. You have so much of experience and expertise to seeing what works and what doesn't work. So hooray! We have a few more products coming in, and everyone who's <laughs> listening. Um, that is it for today. Me and Naomi, Naomi be on the call because we're we'll chat offline. But for all of you guys, this was it. Naomi, I thank you for all the great work that you've done, all the lives that you've touched, all the ideologies and the products that you've invented. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you being on the call today. Thank you, CJ. I appreciate you. You're welcome. And this is me, everybody, CJ, who's signing off right now from Shift with CJ podcast. Everyone, have an energetic day, a week, a month, a lifetime, multiple lifetimes ahead of you. Take care. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.